0: Welcome to the real the podcast we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts Michael and I don't know there's something about being on a jet ski a personal watercraft device that makes you feel so free and clears your head on a long day. But uh, this week I'm joined by my co host friend and the man that uh, will just do it again and again until he gets it right or has an existential crisis Jesse how you doing Jesse
1: i'm good uh sometimes both of those things occur simultaneously and that's when things get really freaky
0: (laughs) well um i think we can just jump right into it uh we're gonna be talking uh this week about uh loki
1: loki season two of the disney plus mcu series to be abundantly clear yeah the god of mischief himself or my cat, who is thrilled that he, his show is finally back on air where he wants it to be.
0: Yes. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Jesse's cat, Loki, uh, yells at us so much for not talking more about his show.
1: Upset about that. Upset that a door is closed somewhere <laughs> in the house and he can't be curious in there. You know, this and that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basic uh, cat things, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> extremely common cat behavior uh, cat owners know. <laughs> yeah man um when season one aired i hadn't um you know the, i had several major life-changing events in a row at that time and i fell behind on my consumption of media but you had watched season one so you kind of you kind of carried us on that last episode. So I'm hoping to reciprocate a little this time.
0: I don't know if you have to reciprocate that much, Jesse. I was, you know, just enjoying a good uh, TV show. So I was more than happy to talk about it. And it was a good TV show. And I
1: came to that same conclusion after I did finally catch up. And I believe it was the second MCU series on Disney Plus because WandaVision was first, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I or think in, so. Or was it even third? Was it after Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I don't. Hold
0: well, on. Let me see.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I, I should have looked this up before we started. But the fact that it's this difficult to find is not a great sign for the current state of the MCU. Um I believe. Okay, I got it. It was third after WandaVision and the okay. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. Oh, it came out in June. No wonder I didn't see any of it for a while. (laughs) All right. So we have that answer now. Good. So it was the third show released on Disney plus under MCU. The uh, WandaVision pretty good. I remember enjoying that and talking about that with you Falcon and the winter soldier, a little slower, but had some compelling elements and this was a couple of years ago, back when the MCU was still writing a decent amount of momentum coming out of Endgame. And then you had Loki Season 1, which was, you know, like I said, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was nice to see Tom Hiddleston playing this character again. But a variant of him that <laughs> is now witness to everything that happened in infinity war and end game and cognizant of the fact of what his fate ultimately was and then owen wilson surprising the hell out of me and as mobius because i did not think he was going to fit in anywhere <laughs> to you but it was probably one of the things i had liked him the most in in some time and it was just you know really cool to you know get a little more insight into what could potentially happen by introducing you know kang the conqueror into this post end game mcu so it's not cool show uh solid story cool premise you know set up some things for later and now you flash forward to now and through no fault of its own season two of loki exists in an mcu that has lost some of its luster, I would say, (laughs) that has taken some hits to what was a pretty sterling reputation, at least as far as providing quality entertainment goes. And that's very strange for this pretty centralized story and these characters that, other than variants of Kang, don't really exist anywhere else in the MCU right now. And so it's kind of like the landscape around them has just been, like, fucking leveled by a tornado or something. And yet, structurally speaking, the the plane that this show exists on (laughs) is still pretty stable and we're able to come into Season 2 and still enjoy things. And I, for the most part, did. Um, But I just think it's it's very fascinating to me that you have this one very isolated singular story that you know again through no fault of its own is maybe going to have a hard time i i'd say delivering the same type of hope or intrigue that it did the first time around i don't know it's weird
0: yeah i think um Oh, before. Also, to be clear, uh, we're gonna do what we we've done in the past for this type of stuff. We're gonna do our spoiler-free thoughts, and then we're gonna do our spoiler thoughts. So, if you haven't seen it, don't worry. We're not gonna uh, spoil too much for you. So, no, we're just we're having a a discussion, a,
1: a segue into mm-hmm. the, the spoilers of this season.
0: Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to be clear because we don't really we're usually pretty good about like being like, hey, by the way, don't worry, we're not gonna, you know, ruin you. <laughs> Well, according Uh,
1: to Bob Eager, no one's really watching anyway, so who gives a fuck, right?
0: Yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um,
1: Need more suit interference, he says.
0: Yes, exactly. Give the kids what they want. More suit (laughs) interference. Uh, I digress. But, um, yeah, I think the state of the MCU is... I mean, is also indicative of the state of um, Marvel of of uh, Disney, I should say, uh, proper here, where it just feels kind of like it is uh, fairly rudder rudderless right now. It feels kind of um, some a lot of choices have been made, and uh, it's just not as. Um, expressly popular, I think, um, as it once was mostly probably because of a lot of things happening, like uh, Loki being its own self contained story is really good. Whereas, for example, and I think we'll touch on this probably down the line, uh, when Jesse uh finally watches this movie when it comes to uh Disney Plus, which was uh, the Marvels, which uh, Lindsay and I went and saw in theaters, and I can say it is a movie, um and i would be
1: it does actually exist as a movie it
0: does and it has it, it, it it has its moments and there is parts of it that are fun and interesting and it is uh its own kind of thing which is good and great and it doesn't um Really. It, it it has some sweeping implications to the greater MCU stuff, which I'm you know, but it's it exists is is pretty much the, the statement I can say. And to that point though is that you have to watch to be able to get into that, you need to have watched uh Miss Marvel on Disney Plus. Uh you needed to have watched uh Division when it came out because um one of the characters gets her powers from that experience and it's referenced in the movie. So you need to watch that. Uh There's also kind of allusions to um, yeah, um secret invasion in there. Uh It's it that's in there. So there's like all these things and you, it's almost like true comic books where you have to, you get in a, a major event and then you have to read several different comic books to be able to get the full story or wait until they, break it all down in a graphic novel later where they combine it for you. But they're obviously going to do that in the movies. So the juxtaposition of Loki, this kind of self-contained story is very interesting to me because I feel like it adds credibility back to these. Like we can tell interesting, we can tell kind of thought provoking. We can kind of tell, fun stories separate than everything having to be all Wimbley, Wombly, timely, Wimbley, uh, wrapped up and unwrapped in nice little bows. And this season, I think does a very good job of showing that like, we can have standalone MCU stuff and it can still be good. It doesn't have to all be wrapped up together or alluding to the next thing. Or if it is, it is simply just an end credit scene. Like back in the day, you know, with Avengers initiatives and stuff like that being like, "Hey, we're gonna do this" type stuff. So, that's kind of my thought process going into this. Is that if you are tired of MCU crap and watched season one of Loki and enjoyed it, then this is a very similar experience. Is you know, you just need to have watched season one. That's pretty much it. You've watched up through Infinity War congratulations you're pretty much caught up on the backstory of loki you don't even really need to have watched uh all that stuff because most of it's covered in season one where they kind of talk about like who he is and yeah so i enjoy it for it being its own little self-contained thing which is nice
1: that's a good point and i i definitely agree it is its own self-contained story you can absolutely just enjoy it on its own if you want to and literally ignore the rest of what's happening in the MCU right now and not miss a thing. But this this is kind of the problem that we're seeing now is that folks kind of treat this level of entertainment where you have to watch A, B, and C to understand this single movie is more like homework than it is getting to actually sit down and enjoy something and it was already they kind of were already pushing the envelope towards you know by end game with all the different characters and separate movies you had to watch to know who everyone is and it's like i think we're stretching this about as far as we should for general audiences and then you have the introduction of Disney+, Plus, which not everyone has. You have the fact that there was a worldwide pandemic that shut movie theaters down for a good stretch. And now in the wake of the pandemic, a lot of folks are just waiting for streaming because they either don't care enough to pay to go to the theater or quite simply can't afford it. So there's that wrinkle. Then you have the fact that Jonathan Majors, who portrays King the Conqueror, has found himself in some hot water lately with some pretty damning allegations. And all this is to say that I enjoy Loki as a show. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad they got to do season two and presumably finish their story, but it's hard to get that excited at the outcome of this show or what it could potentially mean going forward because it's, We just don't really know how much any of this is going to matter or be maintained in the wake of the fact that, you know, the Marvels was a colossal bomb and a new low point for the MCU from a financial standpoint.
0: So I actually just wanted to point something. So I, I don't disagree with you on it, not being a successful for an MCU movie, but Mm -hmm. I was seeing an interesting thing that was talking about the fact that people are, like crapping on the marvels for not being as successful as other marvel movies but then also saying it's like not it's just like doing bad but in comparison to several other what to be considered higher quote unquote this is kind of back to that whole like cinema not cinema uh, argument sure. um you know but um Napole- the movie napoleon and also the Was the Flowers, sorry. The
1: Ridley Scott movie.
0: Uh, The Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Sorry,
1: (laughs) Sorry, I heard Napoleon for some reason.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So, no, there was, but that's just what I'm pointing out is that there was the uh, movie Napoleon. Yeah. So, people were talking about the fact that narrative, and I'm not saying it's incorrect or anything else like that. And I do agree that the Marvel's movie is not as successful as previous uh mcu stuff that's like a whole different thing but people i've been seeing people pointing out that it's like it's the worst it's the terrible it's very bad it's bombing at the the um movie theater and stuff like that where the similar movies out coming out around the same time we look at the kill- killers of the moon uh killers of the flower moon uh, his box saw, or his budget was 200 million Its Mm -hmm. box office is 154 million currently as it stands. And the Marvel's budget was, um, looks like potentially 274 million. And its current box office is 197 million. Sure. uh, The point, I'm just, I think it's just interesting that people are talking about this and being like, huge bomb, huge bomb, huge bomb. Why aren't we saying that the Killers of the uh, Flower Moon is a huge bomb? Uh, i've seen similar numbers for the napoleon movie that it also is doing pretty much the same like statistical like level for its budget compared to how much it's bringing in at the box office so it just i don't know i just think it's interesting that there's two other movies out very big have huge names tied to them Uh, obviously not franchises and obviously not part of a huge larger cinematic stuff but to be said I'm not seeing as much dialogue around them also being box office bombs. I don't know. It just, not to say that it's incorrect, just a thought that I had that I thought was, in, or I saw some stuff that was talking about it and I thought it was an interesting kind of point to say, like, they're all bombing if you're saying this one movie's also bombing. I'm sure
1: that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the Marvels <laughs> is a female-led cast, and the other two star, Leo DiCaprio and Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of one of the things I was like, I, I was looking at that, and I was like, hmm, I think there's some very prejudicial fingers on this said scale going on here. So, <laughs> Which is what happened when Captain Marvel came out, so it's not
1: really surprising to me and unfortunate that the film didn't perform better because that just allows those nonsensical takes to continue to be amplified. But for the sake of discussion in regards to Loki, yes, I think what we're running into is the fact that folks are just not going to the movies as much in general. And I don't know what Marvel is going to do or what Disney is going to dictate that they do in the future in the wake of all these disappointments and the fact that the lead you know antagonist may not be a part of this for that much longer you know I don't know so it's just I enjoyed the show again I'm glad they finished I you know finished their series and I thought it was a fitting end for what has been a beloved character villain you know hero (laughs) somewhere in between since you know he was introduced in the first thor movie and glad for tom Hiddleston that he's at a point where he got closure but maybe can now move on to other things if he wants to i just don't know how much they're going to like look back at this moving forward and say it was part it's going to be a critical part of what marvel does moving forward that said if you just enjoy it as an isolated story and don't really give a crap about anything else <laughs> happening in the MCU right now. There's a lot to like. And I think you're going to be mostly satisfied with how things play out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there is something. Um, if you like the first season, if you like kind of the story it was telling there, I feel like this has a lot of, of the same feels in there. And mm-hmm. it can be. It can feel good to watch it, I feel like, or like to see it and be like, yeah, this is, I like this story. It was good. So.
1: I've also had a hankering for key lime pie ever since I watched (laughs) this. Don't know about anybody else. Never really been a fan of that particular dessert myself. Then I watched this and I'm like, hmm,
0: for some reason I want that now. So, (laughs) Um, My brother's actually a pretty big fan of uh, key lime pie. So. Nice. Yeah. I have something in common with Patrick. (laughs) So
1: I think it's worth your time. If you enjoyed season one, Um, Hiddleston continues to be compelling in the role, although he has come a long way um, just from a character standpoint and from a selflessness standpoint uh, since the first Thor movie. And, you know, a lot of the other appearances he's made as this character And I think Mobius, like you said, you know, you get a lot of the the stuff that you liked. I thought he had a pretty natural arc in this and you got to understand him a little bit more. And um, the circumstances that sort of, you know, led him to where he currently is and Mm -hmm. why he may have some misgivings or some regrets about all of that. And Kuhi Kwan, man. I mean, always great <laughs> to see that guy. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that he's had a career renaissance after everything everywhere all at once. I'm uh, very happy to see him here. He just kind of gives everything a nice little jolt that he's in. And I always enjoy seeing him.
0: Yeah. He's just one of those, you know, he just makes you feel good about like being like, yeah, this is, this is good. This is nice. This is wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's like a warm blanket. Yeah. (laughs) Nice to see the guy. Um, Those were the standouts to me. I thought Sylvie's arc was a little weak compared to season one. I didn't feel like she was driving the story as much as she was in the first season, uh, despite the fact that she had a pretty critical role. That may have something to do with the fact that Mobius got a little more of that shine and focus for his character in this season, but that was just. One of my
0: observations i mean it's kind of interesting you talk about that i think her, uh her her arc was just as bad as her hair was in this uh, season <laughs> it was just I, like Lindsay talked about it she was like i just can't take her seriously like that haircut is so bad and i was yeah. like yeah it is pretty ridiculous unfortunately I, yeah
1: And maybe that was kind of their intent, was they were positioning her a little bit more just kind of as a static antagonist sort of character to what Loki and his friends were trying to accomplish. But I don't know. I I thought her placement was a bit odd. I didn't hate her necessarily, but (laughs) it was kind of a forgettable part of the season to me, especially since I was curious about what she was going to be up to after season one. Um, as for Jonathan the Majors as Victor Timely, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I just timely, I think just timely. yeah, I mean, I can just call him that. I think, yeah, <laughs> I may have added the Victor, but um,
1: <laughs> as timely, he I thought was good. Um, I think he's kind of going for this socially awkward type of you know, brilliant genius guy, which. We've seen before and he is tasked with a pretty big responsibility of making all of his variants, which there are thousands, uh, countless, whatever, (laughs) trying to make them stand out from one another, which is not an easy thing for an actor to do. And to be clear, I'm just talking about the man's performance in this show, not about anything else. I thought it was interesting. Um, Sometimes, I couldn't really tell what his character's motivation was. Um, And I don't know if that's just the fact that I was not paying as close of attention as I should have, or the writing and the performance for that character didn't always seem like they were meshing perfectly, but I I mean, very impressive that he can play the same character in different ways. I'll give the man that.
0: Yeah. I mean, he. Um, has some pretty strong acting capability, like acting chops as a actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's why when. Um, Lindsay and I found out originally that he was it was going to be playing. or When I found out that he's playing King the Conqueror, uh, Lindsay didn't know what that meant. Um, but we we were excited about him because he did. He does have a very strong acting ability um we will uh you hold reserve on um you know if he should continue being on the silver screen uh you know he's i think it's actually his tri- that trial uh is currently going on right now and yeah yeah so and uh, we are not uh, you know i'm more than happy to throw out stuff about you know taxes and my understanding of how those types of things work and be like, I don't know uh court and law, stuff like that. That's usually not something I care to try to even get involved with because it just seems so incredibly complicated and ridiculous. So yeah. Um,
1: TBD uh, TBD
0: yeah. on the whole thing there. But um, yeah, that was, I mean like that, was, but back to it, I was saying, you know, is, He I I agree with you, Jesse. It felt like sometimes in this. uh, In this season, I was unsure of what he wanted to do and what he was going for. And um, so, yeah, it. I don't and I could not tell if it was because the acting or. uh, or Not because the acting, but his acting wasn't meshing with what was being written for him. And it just was this weird kind of back and forth feeling of like, what what, what are we doing here? Who are you? Why are we like, why are you, why is everything going like this? And it kind of felt like there might've been stuff cut. Uh Potentially, yeah. Potentially. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think they were writing him to be like, a little more i don't know um ambiguous about his intentions than he actually was he's playing it up just super socially awkward and then where we get does not necessarily follow what they were putting down but um now i i you know again kudos to the performance itself for just you know the complexity of what he's trying to do i would say overall Season two, probably not as strong as season one, but i again i I enjoyed it. It's six episodes, maybe should have been longer if things were cut, but uh, we've had that <laughs> conversation a hundred times, it seems, and that's just Disney plus so yep, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, i think i've danced around my true thoughts about as much as i can unless you had anything non-spoilery you wanted to point out um
0: no i think i think uh it did a good job you know it was uh for this for what it was for where we are currently with so many of the other things in the uh mcu world and everything else along those lines i I think it was really at a good, kind of a good middle ground, not, not too crazy, not too wild, introduced just enough. Uh, Parts of the story were still just like, what the hell is going on? But that's also kind of what the, I mean, you know, if you're going to be doing uh, time travel and, uh, you know, alternate worlds and uh, dimensions and all that type of stuff, you know, you're just going to have to kind of accept the fact that, you're gonna get maybe lost time or two and be like, What the what did I just watch? Um, so yeah.
1: Time travel is always tricky and yet studios insist on playing around with it endlessly. So
0: Yep. I mean it's a cool concept, so I can't I can't fault them, but yeah. You you
1: better have a clear freaking idea of where <laughs> you're gonna wind up then or else you can get lost so easily.
0: Oh but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Nevertheless, though, uh, I think we can, if you want to move on to the next uh, portion, Jesse. Yeah, it is still, you know, a
1: pretty recent show. So spoilers from here on out. You've been warned. Uh, I loved when they were at the carnival and Loki notices the Norse gods, the sculptures (laughs) or the carvings or what they were. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pointing out all the things that are wrong with how his dad and his brother look. It's it's pretty great.
0: Yeah. And there was even something that kind of talked to uh, one of the characters he talked about uh, or one of the gods he referenced actually has like a storyline in the comics. And so some people are thinking that that's going to be uh, like, he's like, "Ooh, they're going to be bringing in this this guy or something like that. So that was kind of an interesting uh, little thing.
1: (laughs) Little easter egg there but um no i i always enjoy the moments where despite you know the kind of limited runtime and the fact that stakes are pretty high in season two from episode one to episode six i always enjoy when they allow hiddleston to just let loki make observations <laughs> in the world that he's currently existing in because his wit and his ability to get you on his side even if he's just being a bit uh, sensitive about what he's griping about it's a fun quirk and one that I never get tired of seeing yeah <laughs> but yeah spoilers do you want to talk about where he ultimately winds up and what that looks like or would you rather start somewhere else
0: yeah sure we can, uh, we can try to talk about where he ultimately ends up yeah um... You might, you, have sure? to,
1: you might have to explain it to me a little bit. I think I most <laughs> understand what happens here. But essentially, um, his glorious purpose or whatever he says, or however he describes that, um, ultimately winds up being he's the one that is able to bring back together all the different timelines and i guess find his true purpose as a god by remaining there forever as this new tree of time of sorts.
0: <laughs> yeah, so i think it's kind of uh so in the in the comics recently he's had his name origin kind of kind of changed he is no longer just the god uh, he used to be a you know, god of mischief god of um evil for a period of time um the uh, god of uh, gender fluidity at one point not not actually the god of gender fluidity he just um he he was he was a lady for a bit um in the comics um cool. so again going to point out disney you do not get credit for making the first you know Gender fluid character doesn't count for you. You don't get ownership of it. Don't give them credit, people. One of my pet peeves. Just got to always point that type of stuff out, that they don't get credit for these things. Um, But he um, is now the god of stories, if I remember correctly. So he kind of is now that kind of explains. It's kind of hand wavy, explainy. Why he's uh, like sometimes the bad guy and sometimes the good guy and sometimes the maybe good guy until he's the bad guy or bad guy until he's the good guy or secretly been working um, to protect the world all along type stuff. Um, It's kind of just an explanation for them to be like, yeah, he's the God of stories. He's just making the best possible story he can. And that's kind of the vibes I got from this is that he's now the God of story he's the god of i'm gonna sit here at this uh nexus point of this new branching tree of time Mm -hmm. and make sure everything continues to work and function and be good and so now he gets experience all the stories and kind of mend them and keep them uh growing uh, opposed to pruning them like they had been doing so, see, that sounds nice. That that was better than me just
1: trying to recall and talk out of my ass to describe what happened <laughs> kind of context. So I, I appreciate that. What I found interesting about this, and I think it both works for the show and works for what they want to do moving forward with this character, which, you know, who the heck knows, but mm-hmm. is the fact that he does really, you know, find... A satisfying ending to his story he you know becomes this sort of you know all all knowing all important <laughs> being which is what he's always wanted but he's also serving a higher function in the fact that if he's not doing this time's gonna unravel and everybody's just gonna die everywhere <laughs> yes so from that standpoint it's like okay that seems like a fitting end for Loki in the MCU if they choose to go that route. Maybe Tom Hiddleston desperately wants to do anything else as an actor (laughs) moving forward, which I wouldn't blame him. And if that's the route they want to go, he can go off and do that, and Mm -hmm. they can just leave him here as a character, and maybe he'd want to come back in the future. Or they can just use one of his variants as they will and see how the heck that works out for him who knows but point being that it worked for the story it worked for the actor and this character that he's been portraying for dang like 12 years now yeah and then it also works in the sense that it opens up options for what kind of stories they want to tell moving forward so you know Kind of uh you know all in one type of type of scenario.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it's it's a nice kind of little wrap up for this character. It does, you know, make me go, Oh yeah. You know, he's here. How wonderful. I feel kind uh, of
1: bad for him because he's just sitting there by himself now for all of time, but uh well, I mean,
0: right. I mean, he's kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's might be sitting there for all the time, but he is also able to see all his friends. He can watch over them and he can make sure that everything keeps going. Um, one thing that, I did. That just sounds like he's going to get into mischief and look, at <laughs> he probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's very uh, it, it gives very watcher feels uh, <laughs> to me. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So which is which is you know fun kind of fun kind of fun um but yeah i i think it's it's it was a kind of a nice little wrap up to the story it made me go yeah nah, and i do agree with you it gives us the ability for like maybe the tva to continue being a thing uh mm-hmm. with different characters and stuff like that like uh, you know, agents of sealed type feels um, or, you know, we, we can just leave Loki sitting there or a, another one of his variants can show up or, you know, we get, uh, a, you know, Loki, uh, Alligator Loki all over again. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, uh, overall, I thought it was a fitting in for Hiddleston in this role and he was kind of driving the urgency of the situation for the most parts. So probably the most heroic that he's been (laughs) in the MCU. So, you know, you got to see that other side of the coin from him. You also got to see, you know, Mobius and Owen Wilson's character dealing with some shit and not as eager to see things through as Loki was in some cases.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think that was kind of a fun uh, part of it was what it was watching him go like, oh, man, my life kind of like what's going on with myself with, you know, where am I going? All that type of stuff. So,
1: well, and I think especially when he's visiting a specific period of time and it's still when he was selling jet skis and living with his sons and, you know, had a pretty big house as far as I can tell, Uh, (laughs) And I think maybe just reckoning with the fact that he was stripped of this life and not really given the opportunity to make his own decision. And it's kind of that whole, you know, free will versus purpose uh, or destiny type of conversation that you see in these superhero stories sometimes where it was the fact that he didn't really get to make his own choice to be where he is currently even if he knows what he's doing in the TVA and helping loki is important but yeah kind of got stripped from him and been <laughs> without it you know for who knows how long at this point
0: yeah it was it was interesting seeing him kind of you know come to terms with the whole like you know like what what i had kids and yeah. where, what's going on with that now and what does that mean for me going forward
1: yeah and i have these memories but are they my memories is this even my life or am i just looking <laughs> through the lens of you know one of my variants and it has nothing to do with me but if that's true why do i have all this knowledge that I don't <laughs> need or want? so yeah it's It's a more layered character than I think he's played in a while. I haven't (laughs) kept a super close eye on his filmography, but one of my reservations about Owen Wilson being cast in the MCU is in a lot of his movies, and this is not a criticism, this is just, I think, the way it was, he plays a similar character in these romantic comedies to the point where i don't really see a character i just see owen wilson being kind of the carefree down to earth eh, it's all good you know type of guy <laughs> yeah uh, who's was charming the girl in the end and it's hard to see past that when i see him play that 10 15 times so it was nice to see him flex his muscles a little bit more and something like this to the point where i was very glad that he got cast in it and, you know, had the opportunity to be in this singular story where he got to explore that character a little bit more as opposed to what happens sometimes in the MCU where you get cast, but you're really (laughs) just kind of there for a specific point in the story rather than to be a fully fleshed out character. Yeah. And so that, that was a nice opportunity for him. And I thought he did well with it and I hope to see more of that from him (laughs)
0: moving forward. Yeah, I think, um, I think Mobius was one of the better parts of the story uh, for this one specifically. Um, I did feel like it was, he got, he got fleshed out a little bit more. I felt like a lot of the other characters in this kind of, Unfortunately, it took back seats, uh, and I still just not entirely sure how I feel about them. Not the greatest feeling in the world uh, after everything is said and done. Uh, I thought the beginning of the season was a little weird to me. Um, sure. The whole like, but a- a- anti or the weird like, the weird like, vying for power thing felt weird to me. Um, I wasn't entirely sure what was going on with that, and I did not enjoy that. <laughs>
1: specifically speaking
0: oh like the first part of it with like the whole the other tva people like kind of oh right yeah loki mobius you know me no i don't know who you are
1: yeah um i actually thought based off of what or rather how they ended um season one that that was going to be (laughs) more of the thing of this season where it's you know, you've seen it a hundred times. It's the no, it's me. No, I don't have any idea who you are because it's you know, that person has never existed in that specific point in time. Yeah, thank you back to the future too for making this a trend forever yeah. in movies. But, um, I thought they were gonna run with that. I don't like uh, to your point, I don't really like that, you know, type of trope because <laughs> it's been done poorly so many times. So, I was glad that they acknowledged it and then it was over (laughs) we could do literally anything else.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. It just kind of felt the, the beginning of it felt unfocused um, to Uh what the larger story was. And then it felt very, very focused, which I enjoyed, but then also almost too obscure at some points where they weren't necessarily explaining things. Um, I did like the, like kind of groundhog reference to it. Um, the, you know, if you are stuck in a time loop so many times, you can just get amazing at something. Here you go. Yeah. I he learns like quantum physics. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, just, just teach (laughs) it to me, which admittedly I always love that as like a concept because like, how do you consistently have to convince somebody that you're like, no, I'm not crazy. We've gone over this before. This is what we got to do. Like this is where we left off last time. Start teaching me from here. Uh, yeah they did, they did something similar
1: in that movie, Palm Springs with Andy Sandberg and I yeah actually, it was executed more uh expertly there than I was here, but I digress <laughs> um yeah it's <laughs> that's always a fun thing um the character who becomes kind of all knowing about you know what is possible with, like, each choice that is made and then Mm -hmm. has to explain that to everyone else. So they they still got into some tropes, but I think, to your point, the fact that they had a more focused story leading up to that makes that a little more, you know, easy to stomach, I guess, (laughs) Um, as opposed to them just doing that all the way through, which I did not really care to see in the whole, like, no, I don't know you. And then that person has to learn everything about everything to <laughs> convince everyone at the end that they know what they're doing. It, no, I
0: really know, I promise. I'm really smart. <laughs> it's just
1: dull. I don't like it. But
0: um no, I I
1: thought everything that happened after the first episode kind of got me back on board. It was fun to watch Loki try and figure all this out. It was rewarding. To see where Owen Wilson's character went, and some of those, you know, reflections that he had on his life and his purpose, and yeah, the other TVA characters. You're right; they did kind of get sidelined and didn't really have a whole lot to do other than be cogs in the wheel of, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here.
0: But. I did yeah. like how gruesome, though, the TVA is like the the box cell thing was like that was I was like, wow, this is dark. Like just being like crushed by that cube and stuff like that. Like obviously Loki bringing it up. But then the fact that they were like that was an actual like thing that they did to some others. And I was just like, holy crap, um, dark, yeah, dark, 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 dark. It's not a great
1: idea to try and push Loki into <laughs> just being an asshole again, which he can very easily slip back into if he wants to do. Uh, damn, Not the strategy I would choose, but no, that I thought that looked very cool visually. I haven't really seen anything quite like that before. And yeah, how terrifying to just be gradually compressed into nothing.
0: Well, it makes me think of, um, I mean, you know, again, thank you uh, media for giving me irrational fears. But that's like um, the 13 ghosts there's like that there's a scene in that that has that um, where the guy's getting crushed behind a plate glass window, which I'm just like, oh my gosh, what a is... uh, No, it's not a guy. It's um, a lady. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he, she gets crushed between two plates of glass in that and I'm just like, oh, that is new fear unlocked, Thanks um are you claustrophobic now i'm not claustrophobic necessarily but the idea of being like inexp like just like a pneumatic device crushing me is just sounds terrifying because it is a pneumatic device it does not give a crap about my tiny human body so it will go until it can't go anymore and usually that means when it hits something that is immovable which i am not i am squishy i'm a squishy flesh bag uh least you'd be dead quickly I, I i don't think you would i think it would, it would take a very long time unless it was a fast one I, oh. you just get it's gonna slowly 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 do it and then you just got to experience that slow crushing pain until eventually it does kill you which yeah. you know yeah so that sounds
1: um, rather unpleasant then
0: it, yeah exactly that's why they did that and i was just like okay thanks 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 loki <laughs> Uh, I appreciate the the vision uh, or the the thought of that uh, being added back into my fears. Great. Wonderful.
1: That is just that little aspect of his character, though, (laughs) where, yeah, like I said, if you push him too far, he will absolutely do something that diabolical to somebody (laughs) who annoyed him or who, you know. Unrightfully challenged him or called him <laughs> out or slighted him, whatever yep. the case. So I thought that was fitting. That was nice to see. I never like to see, like, I understand the fact that he's, you know, on a more benevolent side of his character right now and he's trying to do the right thing, trying to make amends. That's great. I like to see that for his arc. That doesn't mean that he's doesn't have some of those other sides of him though where oh shit i shouldn't have pissed him off
0: <laughs> uh, he
1: should still be formidable and someone to be feared in those situations yeah so i'm glad when they don't lose sight of that because i think then you're not doing justice to who the character actually is he's just filling this role in your story
0: mm-hmm
1: and Hillston's just really good in those scenes. So they should
0: never not give him something like that if he's playing Loki. Yeah, he is just a, a solid actor, I think. Yeah. In that way. So,
1: yeah. As far as Timely goes, it's weird to me that they try to make his intentions seem ambiguous. And then he's just kind of playing the character as brilliant, you know, wants to help, but is socially awkward and you know great in the scrap as we saw many times um and then at the end he's just on board with everyone else and helping out and you know there's not yeah. really anything else to that and that's like well that's just kind of weird because that's not what y'all suggested a few episodes ago when we first met him <laughs>
0: yep he he seemed kind of maniacal and then also uh the clock being you know being being uh being in love with him was kind of weird that one i didn't enjoy (laughs) that was i mean creepy yeah but also who cares
1: (laughs) i i guess respect the fact that they're doing that style of animation where who framed roger rabbit right where it's yeah and with live action that's i you know if you want to try and do that great yeah (laughs) i Not not a huge fan of that character, and also someone who I thought was going to be a little more devious, and ultimately was not.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The uh, I really want a gif of her like, um, uh, her her like being deleted or whatever, and she's like, I, I, I just wanted to tell you, I I you're never going to be like him. I was like, wow, dark, cool. <laughs> so. I-
1: So Some of that stuff just did not work I think the way they had intended like you mentioned maybe some things got left on the cutting room floor in which case I still do not understand why we're only doing six episodes when we clearly need more to actually execute and you know execute these stories the way that the writers are intending to and that the director wants to Because there's no reason why that shouldn't be a thing. (laughs) But, you know, this is all just to say, I think we're pointing out some of these things that didn't work as well, just to uh, underscore the fact that it wasn't quite as good as
0: the first season, but it was still enjoyable. Yeah. Things could, things I think could always be better with a lot of these. And unfortunately we keep getting into these. Moments of, like, I think they're trying to pump out too much on Disney Plus uh, too fast. And it is, I find, to be frustrating that it feels like we are not caring about taking the time to set these up properly. Right.
1: I think the best thing I can say about season two of Loki is that you can finish season one, go right into season two and you don't, you're not really going to have a hard time following along or at least (laughs) not because you haven't watched any of the other shows or kept up with the recent movies. Your ability to follow the story (laughs) kind of depends on you and you know, how much you're enjoying what they're putting down, but it's singular, it's self-contained. You can go from A to B and you know, have the same experience as anyone else yeah which i hope they do more of moving forward because we need to get back to having some more cohesive storytelling we need simpler forms of continuity we need you know to get back to having characters that people want to see like loki so that when you want to do these huge crossovers these huge payoffs like avengers kang dynasty or whatever it's called i (laughs) have a hard time with a lot of titles still but um when you want to then you know have this shared universe spectacle you're gonna have you know the audiences behind you because they are interested to see these characters come together but you can't have that without first giving people things that are easy to follow you know characters who are easy to root for etc and it's just too much going from this show to that show to i need to watch all these shows over here to understand this movie it's it's (laughs) absurd quite frankly so make it simple you know get back to basics and i think you can write the ship here because we need more characters you know like loki who we don't know when we're gonna see him again. So,
0: yeah, very true. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's all I got. It's it's, it's good if you likes if you liked season one, I think you're gonna like season two, um, and yeah,
1: you may find that you have a new obsession with key lime pie. And also, <laughs> I want that break room that has all the different selections of pie at the place I work. uh, (laughs) I I want to be able to go there. Not every day. Cause you know, uh, metabolism is a thing of the past, but uh, maybe on a Friday, that'd be nice. Fair, fair. But yeah, I agree. I think it's worth your time. If you like season one, we at least don't have to wonder about, any of the story threads leading out of this for the show itself, because it was self-contained. So it's it's a simple watch. You should enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Um, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening to Hit the Reel, the podcast where you talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. We try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays. But if we miss anything or Uh, There's some greater lore that we did not include in our conversations. We'd love to hear from you at HitTheRealPodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's HitTheRealPodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to take a look at our Patreon in the description of the episode. We'd love the support. And like always, hey, keep it real.